All right, everybody, we have survived to this moment, haven't we? <laughs> so let's uh, let's consider the Word of God today. Um, the message comes from it originates in Second Samuel chapter twelve, verses seven through fourteen, uh, and there we can tell and we can see, you know, once this great sin that had started back in second Samuel chapter 10, where King David, uh, the mighty man of God after God's own heart, uh, he fails to go out with his army to battle. And then he's, his eyes are wandering as he is, has idle hands, his eyes wander. He finds Bathsheba, um, takes Bathsheba for himself, uh, ends up murdering Uriah the Hittite, having him murdered. And it's just a horrible, terrible, awful fall. And it takes Nathan the prophet to come to him, and it's through God, through Nathan, that God illuminates this sin to David. And and we're we're kind of restored with some hope and and with Psalm 51, a psalm uh, that is about forgiveness and asking about it's about repentance and asking for forgiveness and we can see we see that david once again he that heart for god shines through even in the midst of a great sin so the scripture reading was from second samuel chapter 12 verses 7 through 14 and that is the passage where david comes and rebukes uh comes where nathan comes and nathan the prophet comes and rebukes David. So, I, you know, as you look through there and you consider those words, we can see uh, four things that are true. Number one uh, is that God do- doesn't tolerate sin. You know, and that's the really the main theme uh, for us today is not tolerating sin. God doesn't tolerate sin. He What he does is, number one, God illuminates sin. That's what he did in the story through Nathan. Nathan comes to David and shows him his sin, makes him very aware of what he has done. Then number two, God punishes sin. That is true, always has been true, all through scripture and will be for the ages, is that God punishes sin. And and in fact, he must punish sin. It has to be paid for. There has to be a payment. But number three, God will take away sin when there is confession and repentance. And we see that with David. He he rep- he confesses and he repents, uh, and and God does say, "I'll take away your sin." And for uh, if you haven't gone and read that yet, um, it's in verse uh, chapter twelve, verse number thirteen. Then David said to Nathan, "I have sinned against the Lord." Nathan, Nathan said to David, "The Lord also has taken away your sin." And of course, we're reminded how how God does that. And how God does that for us, he is able to take away sin, and it's through Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice that we just re- remembered a minute ago. So God will take away sin, and he will take away the consequences. He will take away the punishment, but the way he takes away the punishment is we deserve the punishment, but instead that punishment goes on to Jesus. And I think that's how David was saved. That's how every soul has been saved through history and ever will be is through the sacrifice of Jesus.
But there's also this number four thing, a fourth item that we learn in this passage is that God will not always take away the consequences of sin. So God took away the sin, he took away the the punishment, but then there was a consequence that had to be served, and that was in verse number 14. It says, however, because of this deed, you have given occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born to you shall surely die. That was the great consequence of their sin is that there was going to be uh, that issue, but also look back at verse number 10. It says, now therefore, The sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be be your wife. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up evil against you from your household. I will even take your wives before your eyes and give them to your companion, and he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. You know, so there's this consequence of sin that doesn't, even though the sin gets taken away, there's these consequences that don't get taken away. So these are just some principles of how God works. Um, And I think that's important for us to know and to consider and that we should have that same kind of attitude. We should hate sin. We shouldn't tolerate sin. We should not like sin at all because that is uh, the very definition of going against God is to sin. It's it's rebellion against God. Um, So number one, and this is very, even in its fullness, the scripture is kind of a simplified view of, of how to look at sin. Number one, we should illuminate sin so that people can have this chance to to repent and confess. Um, Now, this goes to the individual. Um, It's not a broadcast. Uh, Usually, I think, is that we're not, we're we're going to an individual who sins, and we need to try to illuminate that sin um, and so that they can be reconciled to God. So we shouldn't tolerate sin, but we should illuminate. We should shine the light on sin. In our lives, too, we should be willing to shine the light on sin. We shouldn't try and hide or ignore our own sin. We should always bring that sin to light. And we should also, in the lives of others, seek to help them get right with God by illuminating their sin. Number two, we don't punish, but God, the punishment's up to God. And now if you think about this uh, sermon from the standpoint of parents, parents do need to punish. When you think about uh, kind of church family, there are times when you need to provide discipline. Church discipline is is very needed if you're going to have get somebody to reconcile with God. But again, the, the main thought of punishment is it's up to God. And even when there's church discipline, that's according to God's rule. That's really God's discipline, and he's just using the church to do that. So sometimes God uses us to to punish or to discipline. But really, that punishment is up to God. And the other way that this, um, another thing to consider here is that, you know, if we, I'm talking kind of generally about family and about church family, that we should illuminate sin and we should, in a sense, have discipline for sin and enact discipline. But when we're talking about people out in the world, there's a kind of a whole it brings a whole new dynamic. And certainly there, we don't try and discipline. We don't, it's just, we can illuminate sins of people in, in the world so that they can try and call them to repentance with God. But certainly it is not up to us to try and enact any kind of punishment. And that's up to God alone. Now, uh, number three, this idea of God taking away sin. 
God is still going to take away sin when there is confession and when there is repentance. And so if God does that for us, then we must also forgive um, if, if the sin that we were illuminating, if that were a sin against us. So we should also provide forgiveness and allow God to provide his forgiveness too. And even though when that happens, the consequences of sin may remain. So this is an important aspect. If you convert somebody, you know, you got to call them away from sin um, and and forgive them. But also there might be consequences that remain and uh, give the people the proper look at what what happens when we uh, turn and get reconciled with God. I've got uh, and here is the. uh, So the essence of this lesson is that we shouldn't that God doesn't tolerate sin, so we shouldn't tolerate sin. We should try and help people get reconciled to God. And when we don't do that, and this is point C, this is when we don't actually do that, there can be great consequences for us. So just uh, going through this, and I'll mention these uh, references here so that people can turn to them and look at them. David serves as an example of one who actually ended up tolerating sin. And it's so sad because here was David when he was a kid he saw Goliath, who was who was just making a mockery of God and his people, and he ran at the face of that and ran straight into it and said, this is not right. I will not tolerate this. And then as David gets older, it's, it's sad to see him, instead of running into the face of the enemy, is that he's just kind of, with those that he's close to, he kind of lets them get away with stuff they shouldn't have, and there's great consequences. And it's a... And it's an example of how we need to consider our families. And this is going to be the challenge down here. Consider our families, consider the family of God, consider those who we're close with and think about if there is sin, if there are offenses, make sure that you address them with with grace and with truth and with love, but address them because if you don't, there's going to be consequences later down the line and it's going to carry, it's going to just spiral out of control. And we see that with David's life. When, so number one, when Amnon, of course, I, I kind of look at this as, you know, it all started here uh, in chapter 12. God says, man, I'm going to cause, there's going to be, since you've done what you've done, there's going to be all kinds of problems with your family. We just keep reading a little bit and you find this and you see this. And when Amnon, here's David's son, when Amnon violated Tamar, 2 Samuel chapter 13, verses 12 through 14, is one little piece to look at. What did David do? According to chapter 13, verse 21, he became angry, but he did not do anything else. He didn't illuminate the sin. He didn't bring it to light. He didn't punish his son. He didn't work towards reconciliation. And the result then was that Absalom, another one of his sons, murders Amnon. So the thirdborn son, if I remember right, murders the firstborn son. David has two sons kill themselves because David kind of overlooked and ignored things. He was angry, but he didn't do anything. He didn't push reconciliation. He didn't allow for this opportunity uh, for confession and forgiveness and reconciliation. He didn't do anything. That's a bad example. Number two, then, since when Absalom murders Amnon, now David's got another issue on his hands. And what does he do? Well, according to Scripture, if you read 
uh, chapter 13 of 2 Samuel, verses 36 through 39, you see, you see that David wept and he longed to go out to Absalom, the murdering son, but he did nothing. He didn't do anything. And you read through there, and there's some a progression of things here, but it ends up five years later, there seems to be a little bit of reconciliation when Absalom appears before David, and this is in chapter 14, verse 33, um, and he just, and David gives him a kiss, but you get the impression there's not even a conversation that takes place. And so the result was, because of this minimal rep- reconciliation instead of full reconciliation, Absalom ends up stealing the kingdom from his father. And he plans to kill his father. So here's a family that's in chaos. The little boy David who who killed Goliath grows up to be uh, somebody who can't confront evils even in his own household. And it comes back to bite him and that's chaos and difficulty. And it's, it's hard to read those passages. And I just wonder how often God looks at our families, our immediate families, um, you know, our physical families, or even our church families. And when sin is tolerated and not confronted, then it's going to lead to bigger problems. And God just looks at us and thinks, what are they doing? Somebody stand up for the truth. Somebody stand up for what is right. Somebody work to fix things. And that's the message. We can't tolerate sin. We've got to work towards reconciliation. We've got to fix things. My challenge to everybody is to consider any sins or offenses in your family, uh, maybe your immediate family that they've been ignored or swept under the rug, things that are there, and they're just really causing issues for the family. I encourage you to be strong and to be wise. Doing this is not easy, and you need to be careful and, and but just bold in doing so, but illuminate the sin and seek Work, confession and repentance and forgiveness work towards those things. And if anybody is out there today and you, you hear this and you're not a Christian, you know, you need reconciled with God. And that's, don't ignore the problems in your life. Don't ignore your own sin. Don't try and hide it from God because you can't. Confess to him. Repent. Seek change. Seek forgiveness. Let Jesus take your sin away from you. Just like he took sin away from David, he can take your sin away and put you into a right relationship with God. And that happens in baptism. If your heart's right and you want to be right with God, get baptized into Jesus. Don't put it off. Just like a family is uh, being led into more difficult problems. Now's the time to repent. And, and if you don't do it, just just pushing a ball that's just going to get bigger and bigger and put, trying to push it uphill, it's going to roll back and crush you. You don't even know the final day of your life. Today is the day that, that God offers salvation to you. So if you need to get right with Jesus, do it today. If you need to confess your sins, uh, you can call me on my phone now. You can get a hold of me. So call me. Anybody, anywhere in the world can give me a call and we will talk about Jesus and what you need to do to get your life right with him. But don't delay. Don't put it off. Come to him now. If there's anybody who needs to do do that now, you're welcome to respond as we sing this song.